0: Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. I will open up in prayer. And then we will dive right on into the word. Father God, we come now, giving you glory, giving you honor, giving you praise, oh God. Thanking you, O oh God, for this day that you have made, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for an opportunity once again to open up the bread of life. We ask you right now to open our eyes of understanding, touch our hearts, that your word may go in our hearts, O oh God, that we may receive your word, oh God, that we may apply your word. We come against right now against every distraction, any hindrance, oh God, that will prevent us dear God, from hearing your word, that will try to stop us from... Studying your word, we come up against that now. In the name of Jesus, we declare no distractions. We declare we shall go forth in your word, dear God. That your word shall go forth with power. Holy Spirit, have your way. We thank you now, and we bless your name in advance. These are blessed. We ask in your Son Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. So uh, excited about the series that we're on. We started a new series last week entitled "Spiritual Warfare Training." And last week was part one of that series, Spiritual Warfare Training. Just a brief recap. We talked about how spiritual warfare is not something that we should be afraid of, but it's something to be aware of because we're in a war, whether we know it or not, whether we want to be or not, because the enemy is raging war against us. And at the same time, we have to wage war against the enemy. But God has given us access to his power so that we can destroy what has been trying to destroy us. We also talked about how Satan is banking on us not knowing how to fight in the spirit so he can keep robbing us so it's time for us to learn to war in the spirit and also the the importance of how powerful your words are but when you speak God's word over your life it's far more powerful once you add in the word of God and not only that we talked about how Satan and his demons they know God's word so therefore we should know God's word and apply it to our life because they can't apply it but we can apply the word of God that also comes with power because every word that we speak Every every time God's word goes forth, it always attaches to something. It always has a goal, and it always meets that goal when it comes to God's word. And we talk about when you combine prayer, God's word, and strategy, you become a spiritual assassin, and you become a problem for Satan and his demons. And that a child of God uh, in God's army who does not know how to fight in the spirit is a liability. And so God, again, is ready to train us for warfare. And now that we said that spiritual warfare isn't something that's spooky, it's not scary, but all it is is confronting Satan and his demons on behalf of God to remind them that we run this. Because we're here sent by God on assignment from God to bring God's kingdom on earth, okay? And then we talked about the three, three key points when we talk about spiritual warfare. The, the one point we talked about is that there's, there's, there are only two sides in spiritual warfare, it's God's side and Satan's side. There are you no know, in-between. It's either God's side. Or Satan side. So that's good versus evil, and we know that God's side always, always wins without fail. The second point we talked about is that there's a difference between prayer and spiritual welfare. We talk about how prayer is your communication with God, that you're communing with God, is maintaining and building your relationship with God. And now in that, prayer is also your currency uh, used to make spiritual transactions from heaven to earth. Prayer is how you bring God's kingdom on earth as it already is in heaven. Prayer is also your war cry. And so prayer – and we talk about prayer and spiritual warfare must go hand-in-hand. Hand. Spiritual warfare is a spiritual war between God's army and Satan's army, so we have to be armed spiritually through the prayer, of God's word, which strengthens your spirit to be able to enter into spiritual warfare. And so, in other words, when you're engaging the enemy, you're engaging uh, uh, the devil, his demons, and spiritual warfare, you're not coming in your power. You're coming in the name of Jesus Christ, which is his authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's a team effort. So when you pretty much when you're warring in the spirit, what you're doing is you're literally commanding what has been attacking you or someone else to leave. You're 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 pleading the blood of Jesus, you rebuke demons, cast them out, etc. And then I was saying how you can go back and forth from warring to back to prayer. So the two goes goes hand in hand. And that God does not just want you to ask him to deliver you, but he wants you to he wants to use you to go and fight what has been tormenting you. And the third point we talked about is that you must also have a strategy in spiritual warfare and that the strategy is not always the same each time, each battle that you face. That's very important to understand that the strategy, how you dealt with it the last time, how you dealt with something similar last time may not be the strategy that is being used this time around. Um, And then of course we talked about the seven, seven key weapons outside of our spiritual gifts, you know, the name of Jesus, blood of Jesus, the word of God, prayer, fasting, angels, praise and worship. Six was power of your word. Seven was love. And we know that at the end of the day, what the, the power is the Holy Spirit. So, of course, the Holy Spirit is what's doing the work and in, in through us. So that's just a brief recap of last week's lesson. Again, it was part one, spiritual warfare training, part one. So that was last week. And this week, again, we're on part two, part two this week. And, and, and this week is spiritual warfare training, part two, preparing for the fight. So tonight we're going to talk about preparing for the fight so understand that before you engage the enemy in warfare, before you engage the enemy in warfare, you must go in knowing that you have already won. Okay, you have to go in knowing that you already won. So before you engage the enemy in warfare, you must go in knowing that you have already won. Okay, so it's a certain mindset that you must have. You're not going in hoping that you will win, but you are going in knowing that you have already won. So it has to be a mindset. Because sometimes when, when certain things are coming in our lives, you know, you get things don't you, and you feeling, you know, all beat up and defeated and upset, and, and you feel like this helpless victim and like, oh, Lord, why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? And God is saying, you need to deal with it. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, so you need to confront what's been trying to attack you, okay? So, again, that's personal responsibility. We said it time and time again that God is not getting off of his throne. He's not leaving his throne. He sent you and I on earth to do his will. And when Jesus died on the cross, for us, He said the, the promise was coming. And that was the promise of the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit that's dwelling with you, among you, in you. So then now that's the power. And so because we have this Holy Spirit living in us, now we have to let it go to work in our lives. Okay. So understand, you are a soldier enlisted in the army of God, and your role, your role is very important for the overall mission, because what you do matters. You got to understand that what you do matters. Everything that you do matters. I don't care what your job is, I don't care what position you think you're in, because in the world, because in God's kingdom, you are a son, you are a daughter, and of course, you know, scripture is neither male nor female, so, so God, is, he doesn't get into gender, ultimately, you're a son, you're not talking about male or female, you're a son, a king, okay, and so, because of that, that's royal status, Scripture said that we're seated in Christ, you're in him, so that's royal status, so you have to first understand your position, okay, so again, your role as a soldier, you're to God's armor, and your role is very important. So Satan and his demons will certainly try everything they can to get you to drop out, but you must persevere. So the only way a child of God can lose to Satan is if the child of God does not accept the fact that they have already won. Because we talk, talk about it's a cliche, oh, yeah, it's, it's a fixed guy. We already won. You're saying it, but do you believe it? The, the, the proof is in the pudding through your actions, how you respond to the challenge, how you respond to the attack. So God does not enlist losers into his kingdom. He does not enlist losers into his kingdom army. He only enlists winners, and you are a winner because you are in Christ. You are in Christ. So you must understand this because it requires you to speak a winner's language. Some of you have not been speaking a winner's language. Your kingdom, you got to speak a winner's language, not a language of one who is defeated. Not this woe is me attitude. That's a defeated language. The language spoken in God's army is faith, and one who does not speak this language does not have access to the spoils from the victory. Because, see, we already won. So if you're not speaking the language of faith, which without faith is impossible to please God. So we want to please God, he expects us to have faith, and he hooked you up. Once you accepted Christ, he gave you a hookup. He said, I'm going to give you a measure of faith. I'm going to give you a seed of faith. So every child of God, once you accept Christ, you get a seed of faith. So he said, look, I'm going to even give it to you. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you faith. I'm going to give you faith. And I remember when, when, when uh, Jesus told Peter that, he said, you know, Peter, I pray for you that your, your, uh, your faith fails not because Satan desires to sift you as wheat. So even Jesus said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith don't fail. Because if you keep the faith, understand we already won, so you just got to keep the faith and trust in God that it's already done. It's already fixed. It's already finished. You just got to walk that thing out. And so, again, so if you don't speak the language of faith, then you don't have access to the spoils from the victory, okay? Because it's already done. So as a member of God's kingdom army, you must have discipline because trying to do it your way instead of God's way will lead to disaster. And this is very important as it goes back to strategy. Following God's strategy is the best way to consistently win in spiritual warfare. Following God's strategy is the best way to consistently win in spiritual warfare. So you don't know everything or have everything But when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you now have access to everything. I'm going to say that again. You don't know everything. You don't have everything. But when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you now have access to everything. So therefore, your victories are limitless. For every battle you enter into in the spirit realm, God has a winning strategy for you to follow. For every battle, there is no such thing. Hear me clearly. You got to hear me clearly. There is no such thing as a defeat in God's army. When has God ever lost a battle? There is no such thing as a defeat in the army of God. We we'll say, oh, well, I lost that battle. Oh, I didn't win that battle. There is no such, that's a defeated language. There is no such thing as a defeat in God's army because God always wins. And the thing is, God has already won. If you're a child of God and you've accepted Jesus Christ, that's the only way you can become a child of God is you accepted Christ. You're in Christ. All power and authority is given unto Christ. There is no name higher than Christ. So if you're in Christ, there is no such thing as a defeat. You can't lose. God didn't send you here to lose. You were not meant to lose. You were not created to lose. The breath of God lives in you. You cannot lose. So I don't care what comes your way, what you're facing, how heavy it is, how hard it seems, then God said, I've given you the power and the authority to deal with it. I've given you the power and authority to take out what's trying to, try to take you out, because we don't lose. Satan's army, Satan's kingdom is beneath us, but that's why the importance is understanding your rank in God's army. You don't lose. You are not weak. you are not poor, you are not broke, you are not sick. Do not accept that stuff because that's not from God. Anything not from God, as I said last week, is from Satan. It can look good, can sound good, can smell good, but if it does not point to Christ, it is not from God. Simple as that. We got a, These are basic principles when you talk about spiritual warfare because Satan don't want you to see him. He don't want you to know that it's him. Like, well, it ain't so bad because, you know, at least this, and you're trying to justify things that you know is not from God. So you talk about warfare, he's building you up as a soldier. There is no such thing, you you got to get it, this is the paradigm, there is no such thing as a defeat in God's army. If you're saying you're a kingdom child, you're a king and a priest in God's army, in God's kingdom, in God's government, there is no such thing as losing. There is no such thing as sickness. There is no such thing as disease, because we have authority and power over that, okay? So we got to understand his mindset, okay? And And so I'm kind of reiterating some things that we talked about, but you got to understand that There is no defeat. And again, limitless victories, but God gives you a winning strategy for you to follow. So strategy is so important because you must know when to fight with your words, when to fight with your actions, when to fight with your praise, etc. So God has given you many weapons. And one advantage you have in spiritual warfare is the enemy does not know which one you use at any given time. He does not know which weapon you will use at any given time. So it's like a surprise attack on the enemy. They think you're going to use the last weapon. They think you're going to go this way like you did last time. They think they have you predicted, but then God will switch it up. So spiritual warfare is not for the fearful because there's no fear in Christ. There is no fear in Christ. So you're fighting in his name and his power, and that scares the enemy. You've been sitting there afraid of Satan. You've been sitting there afraid of what the devil might do. I don't want to give the devil no setup. Uh, You're sitting there afraid of the devil, afraid of the, the, the name Satan scares some of you. How can some, the name Satan scare you when you are above him? You are above him. You are created above him. You're in Christ. So like I said before, Satan is just a bully. And he want, he, he's a bully to try to scare you to make you think you don't know how to fight. So he's trying to bully you, hoping that you don't realize that you know how to fight. So therefore, understand, because you're in Christ, you're fighting in his name and his power, and that scares the enemy. And one part of preparing for the fight is in making sure that you remove anything that opposes God. Making sure that you remove anything that opposes God. Watch this now. Fear, doubt, stress, worry, etc. They oppose God. Those are enemies of God. Fear is an enemy of God. Doubt is an enemy of God. Sickness is an enemy of God. Pain is an enemy of God. So when you walk in fear and doubt, you are opposing God because they are enemies of God. Therefore, that's why you have to activate your faith in God. You don't want to be on the battlefield for the Lord and then become an enemy of God because now you're siding with the enemy. You say, I'm not siding with the devil. I'm not on this side. When you walk in fear, you're siding with the enemy. When you walk in doubt, you're siding with the enemy. There is literally no room. Fear, doubt, worry is not allowed in the kingdom of God. It does is, it is not, not even get to enter in. So you got to understand, we're kingdom children, okay? kingdom of God, God's children. okay? So you got to, understand, you got to start changing your mindset here that you've been thinking below who you are because you still think that you're mere flesh and you have all these limits, you know, these limitations. You thinking that where you are sitting in your house, your car, wherever you sit at, office, desk, et cetera, you're thinking that that's who you are. That's not who you are. Who you are is in Christ. Again, what does scripture say? That our life, your life, my life is hidden in Christ. So you don't have a life in the flesh. You have a life in the spirit and that life is in christ so stop getting caught up in your stuff in my this and my problems and my situation no 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 problem in your situation is what the enemy try to put on you to try to make you think it's yours problems sickness worry doubt those are satan stuff it has no access in god's kingdom so satan is putting his stuff on you to try to make you believe that this is how it is well i was this is i was born this way well this is just how it is i I guess I just got to take the hand that's been dealt to me. The devil is a lie. I will not take the hand that was dealt to me if it was not dealt by God. If God didn't give you the hand, then you don't need to accept the hand. But the problem is because the mindset is we say, okay, well, I'm accepted because, well, I guess that's God's will. It's not God's will for you to suffer. It's not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be in fear. It's not God's will for you to to walk in doubt. Those are enemies of God. So you got to understand this. Those are enemies of God. Again, there's two sides, God's side and Satan's side. All that stuff right there, all that drama, all that mess, that's on Satan's side. And he's trying to put it on you and make you accept it as yours. No, 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 no. You got to get that back to him. That don't belong to you. No, you got to reject that stuff. It don't belong to you. Okay? So understand this. That's how you activate your faith. So you certainly don't want to engage in spiritual warfare and turn against God and war by allowing fear and doubt to push your faith aside it's impossible to fight satan and his demons without faith in god through christ because you cannot access any power from god without faith that's why it says without faith it's impossible to please god so you gotta understand that and that faith is just simply i trust god saying lord i trust you with whatever i'm facing i'm trusting you over what i see i'm trusting you over what i feel and i know i already have the power because i have the holy spirit the holy spirit will do the work through you The Holy Spirit defeats the enemy. You just have to allow the Holy Spirit to do the Holy do what the Holy Spirit does in your life, and that requires more filling of the Holy Spirit. The more the Holy Spirit is in you, the more other stuff gets out the way. The more other stuff gets out, then your mindset will change because you will realize, Wow, I really am Spirit. Wow, I really am in Christ. I'm in the world, but I'm not from the world. Oh, I really do believe when the Word of God says that my citizenship is in heaven. That means that's my first home. That's where I originated. That's what I'm trying to get back to. Earth is not my home. Earth is simply a place that I do business for God until I get to go back home. Earth is my office, okay? So again, spiritual warfare is not a game. It's real. It's a real war that you're, that you're in, like I said, whether you sign up for it or not. So it's up to you if you would take the necessary steps to prepare for the fight or go into the fight and surrender to the enemy. So you don't have to be a prisoner of war. You do not have to be a prisoner of war God gave you the power and the authority to enter into spiritual warfare and make the enemy run. And watch this now. If you want to measure your strength, look at who your strength relies on. If you want to get a good idea, a good glimpse of what your faith is, the strength of your faith, the strength of who you are, look who your strength relies on. If it's in people, you're weak. If it's in Christ, you're strong. That's, That's a simple definition of weak and strong. If you want to measure your strength... Look at who your strength relies on. Truly, now you've got to check your life because you can say it's God, but you got to check check your fruit. So if it's in people, you're weak. If it's in Christ, you're strong. Regardless of what you may see, what may be going on because you're in Christ, you're hidden in Christ. It's only when you step down out of your seat of authority when you're susceptible, susceptible to unnecessary attacks. Now, the attacks are going to come, but when you lower yourself, now you're taking your armor off. So now you can be wounded. Because you took your arm off by stepping out of your seat of authority, so some people focus on the wrong things, and it's often based on what you see with your physical eyes rather than what you see through the lens of the spirit. And spiritual warfare, you cannot go by what you see or hear in the physical, but you must go by what God said and what you see in the spirit. I say that again: in spiritual warfare, you can't go by what you see or hear in the physical, but you must go by what God said and what you see in the spirit. All right, I'm just setting up the foundation before we get into our first scripture. So understand, there is a such thing. As Being weak in the flesh, but there is no such thing as being weak in Christ. there is no such thing as being weak in Christ, and this is why we must be in him. If you step out of Christ, you step out of power and authority and lower your rank without the covering that comes with the level that you're on. If you step out of Christ, you step out of power and authority and lower your rank without the covering that comes with the level that you're on. so you've come through too much to get to this level to go back to eating from the table that God lifted you from just because you think this level is too hard to come too far to go back to eating from that table that God lifted you up from because you think this level is too hard. The weight may seem heavy, but you're more than capable of handling it. You're not in warfare just for yourself, but for your family and for many others that God would assign to you. So there is a war that Satan and his demons have raised against God's kingdom. But although they started the fight, we will finish it. They may have started the fight, in your life, but you will finish it. You just need to get on the field and fight. You must know that you have power over Satan, and your power is at its highest when you make room for the Holy Spirit to take full control. Again, you must know that you have power over Satan. You have power over Satan. Some of you don't believe that. You have power over Satan. God's Word said it in multiple places, and your power is at its highest when you make room for the Holy Spirit to take full control. And when you do that, it is a certainty that you will be entrusted with even more. God trusts you with more because you're able to do more. Okay? So before we get to our first passage, three principles. The three principles we're going to cover tonight. Three key principles when preparing for spiritual warfare. Three key principles when preparing for spiritual warfare. Number one, you must be dressed for spiritual warfare. You must be dressed for spiritual warfare. Number two, you must have the right mindset for spiritual warfare. And number three, you must study the blueprint. Again, you must be dressed for spiritual warfare. You must have the right mindset for spiritual warfare. And number three, study the blueprint. So the first one we're going to discuss is you must be dressed for spiritual warfare. Let's go to Ephesians six, verses ten through eighteen. Ephesians six, ten through eighteen. All right. Familiar passage. And it reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, for all the saints. So when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are enlisted into the army of God. In this army, we must make sure that we are fully armed, So that we'll be able to withstand the tricks and the tactics of Satan. So it's very important that we have the full armor or we'll be wide open for an easy attack. So you must be clothed with Christ if you want to be clothed with power to overcome the enemy. You must be clothed with Christ if you want to be clothed with power to overcome the enemy. So notice that it said to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So this is a reminder that you and I are not fighting alone. You're not fighting alone. You are not alone. You're not in this alone. You're not facing this alone. That is a lie from the devil. You're not in this alone. When you're in Christ, God won't leave you alone because his spirit lives in you. You're going to get that. When you're in Christ, God won't leave you alone because his spirit lives in you. So it's impossible to fight in the spirit with the flesh. So lean on God's power, and there will be no other power that will be able to stop you from doing what God empowered you to do. And so, again, we know that the battle is not a fleshly battle. There are angelic principalities and powers in God's kingdom, but the names in verse 12 are referring to demons. So we have discussed some of this in the past, how everything God creates. We know that what Satan duplicates. Everything God creates, Satan tries to duplicate. So we understand that, that, that concept, and that's exactly what we can see from this passage. We find a, a perfect example of, of that right here. Satan trying to duplicate something that God created. So we see he talks about powers. Uh, and, and, and principalities. What, what are powers? The angelic powers in God's army are keepers. Watch this now. The angelic powers in God's army are keepers of our collective history, our collective history, our entire life history. So they are also guardians of peace, and they, in order to enforce order in the world. So that's what, what what these particular angels do. God's angels that are powers that are called powers. They are the bearers of the conscience. And the behavior of all of humanity, and then there are also demonic powers that try to hold us in the past by bringing up our past history to try to use it against us, and they keep a collective history of every sin that they have influenced us to do and every sin that they tempted, that they tempted us with. see the example that god's powers angelic angels that are called powers, are keepers of our collective history but then Satan and his army. He has demonic powers that also keeps our collective history, but they have a history of our past sins, the things that they tempted us with that we that we bit debate, that they influence us to do, et cetera. So this helps them recognize, So that, and, this, and this helps them strategize on another attack. And Satan also tries to use it, these particular things that they the history they hold against us, try to hold against us to bring accusations to God against us. But we know that Christ is our advocate. And through his blood, that was shared for our sins when we repent. So there's nothing to worry about there. Satan will use it because that's why they try to use to attack. Look, oh, you did this, you did that. And so he and he, he will try to use that to make you think you're not worthy. He'll try to use it to make you think that you're not qualified. he try to use it to make you think you're not called, that you're not good enough, that they're better than you. They're they're more talented. They're more gifted, etc. than you. That's So Satan will use that based on things from your history to try to bring you down, to try to pull you down, to try to make you stay in an old place that God has already pulled you up from, okay? And so that's what these demonic powers do. But then let's talk about principalities. Principalities, they rule over kingdom, kingdom, city, states, countries, continents, etc., and any large group within the earth realm. They govern within the earth realm and may, they may also influence decision-making with government and any collective group of people. And so they're godly and demonic principalities. So, God has principalities who 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 rules over cities, kingdom settled, but Satan has principalities who rules over cities, things, you know, well, they don't necessarily rule, they try to gain influence uh in these particular places and you know, because they, they have their own setup where they set their shop up, if you will. So let's talk about the armor of God. There are five defensive and there's one offensive. Number one is talk the bell of truth, the bell of truth or girdle, uh the physical uh armor. Uh, when they had the belt of truth it was the belt or the girdle that kept every part of the armor in place. So that was the, 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 the belt that the top of the, the physical belt of truth. So just like the girdle kept everything in place, uh standing on the truth of God's word keeps us in place. It keeps us balanced. We cannot be swayed by false doctrine when the and when the enemy tries to twist twist the truth when we're break, when we're braced up and standing on the truth of God's word. Uh number two top of the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate in, 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 in war It's what covered the body from the neck down to the thighs. You think when it's long thin, it covered you from your neck down to your thighs. And it had two parts. It covered the front and the back, and it protected the vital organs. So we must keep the faith and operate in love. Evil done to us should not make us give evil back. But evil can never overpower love. The enemy will try to pierce our heart and cause us to act out of our flesh. But the breastplate of righteousness helps protect us not only from the enemy, but from ourselves at times, our self-inflicted wounds. So the breastplate of rights can help us protect us from our own self-inflicted wounds. Number three, I says our feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet being shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Soldiers wore uh, what was known as greaves or bronze boots to protect the feet from rocks and other things that could cut their feet. So our feet must be shod in the sense that we are prepared to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? You, have, you feel, oh, I'm not a preacher. No, no. You are commanded to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ if you are a child of God. So you still have to witness to others. You start to let others know about the goodness of Jesus, what God's done in your life, and, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you and, and, and you know, the minister does to, to encourage others. Okay? So, so you're preaching all the time, and you don't even know it. Okay? So our feet must be ready for whatever marching orders we receive and to move swiftly as needed. So when we get the call, he's telling us to do something. We've got to be ready to do it. So we must be prepared at all times because there is no time to prepare when the attack comes. You can't prepare when the attack happens. You prepare for the attack when it comes. Because he said it's going to come, but we've been prepared for it. So even if we walk on shaky ground, our feet are firmly planted in God's word. The fourth one talked about the shield of faith. The shield was carried by the soldier to protect against arrows and swords you know, that were coming at them. So the shield also protected other parts of the armor. So a soldier can lift the shield to cover their entire body. It was a big shield. They can lift it and it could cover their entire body. And so our faith serves as our shield. When our faith is firmly planted in God, that's our trust in him, nothing will be able to move us. No matter what it looks like, it won't move you because you're planted in faith. Our faith will be able to defend against everything the enemy tries to throw at us. So no matter what the enemy tries, we're grounded in our faith that God will protect and deliver and that's why i said we all started with a seed of faith but if you're in relationship with god that faith is going to grow quite naturally when you've experienced certain things and you've seen god be faithful in your life your faith is going to grow now you have even more trust in him than it was when you started on this walk all right so that's why it's constantly growing the fifth one top of the helmet of salvation the helmet defended against blows from the enemy to the head so when we put on the helmet of salvation our soul is protected We're putting on Christ. In other words, we're putting on Christ and believe that when the battles are done here, we will have eternal life through Christ Jesus. No matter what blows enemy makes on us, we will remain firm in our salvation, knowing that we also have a reward in heaven. Not only do you get a reward here, but you get a reward in heaven. And the last one was the sword of the spirit. This is our offensive weapon. It is the word of God. And sometimes the enemy will attack, and we can counterattack with the word of God. Sometimes we are to go right at the enemy and attack. And this is why it's so important to to become a student of God's word, to understand your position in each particular battle. But we do know that we're victorious. There is no losing in God's kingdom. All right, let's go to Romans 13, Romans 13, verses 12 to 14. Romans 13, 12 to 14. We still talk the first point here uh, that you must be dressed for spiritual warfare. Romans, Romans 13, verses 12 to 14. Then it reads, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So here we find Apostle Paul. He was talking about putting on Christ. We talked before we did an entire Bible study on putting on Christ. So here we find Apostle Paul talking about putting on Christ or being clothed with Christ. So in order to do that, we must remove the works of darkness, which can only manifest sin. Works of darkness is what Satan tries to manifest by preying on our flesh. But notice in verse 12 that Apostle Paul talks about putting on the armor of light. So this is different when we talk about the armor of God, the, the, you know, the, the six arms you just talked about. Now he's trying putting on the armor of light. So we see that light doesn't automatically come because he said you have to put on the armor of light because being in the flesh, then, of course, like I said, Satan tries to play on the flesh, you know, and try to bring darkness, et cetera. So we see that light doesn't automatically come. Christ is that light, and, the, and that is also a type of armor against the works of the enemy. So as children of God, we are the light of the world. So we must shine our lights. So your life is a light, and the life you live for Christ will be the same light that will help others see when they're on a dark path. I'm going to say that again. Your life, your literal life is a light. These scriptures say you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. So your life is a light, and the life that you live for Christ. Like I say all the time, people are always looking. Someone's always watching. I show you, someone's always watching, whether it's your social media, whether it's how you conduct yourself at work, whether they ever have a conversation with you or not. I guarantee you there's someone that's always watching. Your life is a light, and the life you live for Christ will be the same light that will help others see when they're on a dark path. So you're like a flashlight to help them find their way as the Holy Spirit operates in your life. And so the only way for the light to shine is through Christ. And the only way for your light to shine is to let Christ shine through you because that light makes darkness leave. So we put on Christ through our obedience and faithfulness to God. We put on Christ through prayer and his word. Now watch verse 14. Verse 14 talks about making no provision for the flesh. So in other words, we're either feeding our flesh or we're feeding our spirit. When we cater to our fleshly desires, we are making provisions. You're literally making provisions for your flesh. You're making provision for your flesh when you're feeding it, so which can only result in sin. So you're either feeding your flesh or your spirit. So feed your spirit because it's the only one that can produce good fruit. You sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, righteousness, love, everything that comes with the things of God. You produce good fruit. Your spirit produces good fruit when it's connect when it's in Christ. Okay, and so it's not talking about necessities of food and appearance, but it's talking about the lustful and other. Ungodly desires of the flesh. So you must be unclothed from the things that are contrary to God and be clothed with Christ. So if we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, that means it's possible to take them off. So we do this to sin and disobedience, living in sin. This difference between committing a sin and living in sin, perpetual sin. So if you don't have the right clothes on in spiritual warfare, watch this now, you will leave naked and wounded. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have on the right clothes, in spiritual warfare, you will leave naked and wounded. And we know about the 7th of schema when, you know, they say, well, you know, we can cast a demon out just like the apostle did. You know, we cast you out in the name of Paul and them. And the demons like, okay, I know Paul. I know a lot of disciples, but who are you? And they say that those demons jumped on them and they left naked and wounded because they tried to call the name of Jesus, use the name of Jesus, but they didn't have the authority to use the name of Jesus because they hadn't even accepted Christ. Just because you said the name of Jesus don't mean that, Something will happen, contrary to uh, some proper teaching in the church. Just saying the name of Jesus ain't enough. You have to be t- connected to that authority, and it being in that authority means you have accepted Christ. That's the first thing. You have to have accepted Christ in your life and allow the Holy Spirit to have full refuge in your life. And when you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes. When you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes. And so now you have the authority of Christ. So now when you open your mouth, something happens because you have the authority of Christ. Okay? And so. And this is why the blood of jesus the blood of jesus is important as it allows us to go to god in prayer for ourselves and ask for forgiveness and after being back in good standing through repentance we want to must us remember to be clothed with christ through prayer and obedience to god's word and instructions so you fulfill the lust of the flesh when you chase things but you will fulfill your spirit when you chase god who will make things chase you so when you enter spiritual warfare you have authority of christ to command any demon to get off your personal and spiritual property. When you enter spiritual warfare, you have the authority of Christ to command any demon to get off your personal spiritual property. So right now, wherever you are, open your mouth and say, I command every demon to get off my personal and spiritual property. Say it again. I command every demon to get off my personal and spiritual property you got you got to get into the you got to get accustomed to the, this that's warfare you're you're speaking to the thing that's been trying to hold you in bondage you have to open your mouth and speak against it and demand it because again you're not coming in your name you're not coming in your power you're coming in the name of jesus christ which is the authority and you have uh, the holy spirit which is the power okay so you have to begin to understand that's how you engage in warfare that's how you engage in enemy warfare that's how you win your battles that's how you have the victory because they know that there's power in the name of Jesus to a, to one who is connected to Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit will come in there and and, and, cook, and cast them out and get them to move. And then not only do you have the power to do that in your life, but guess what? You have the power to do it in another person's life. If you know someone who's in bondage, you know they're going through something, you know they're going through a sickness, you know they're going through some hard time, you can speak into their lives. To the power, you can speak to that thing that's been trying to hold them down and command it to leave. Like I said, you have to command demons to leave. They're not going to just leave just because you're there. They, might, they recognize you. They recognize your authority. They're looking at it like, don't say nothing to me. Don't, don't say nothing to me. Just like when Jesus came into the region and the man who was bound with chains, you know, this demon out this legion, you know, over 6,000 demons that have possessed this man. They recognized Jesus. They saw him, and they said, hey, have you come to torment us? They didn't leave when Jesus showed up. They were on attention when Jesus showed up, and when Jesus opened them up and commanded them to leave, then they left. So that's why, again, as I say time and time again, because you come in the power, uh, uh, the the authority of Jesus Christ, when you show up, Christ shows up because you have his authority. When you show up, Christ shows up, and when you open your mouth, use the name of Jesus, that's the authority, and then the Holy Spirit will now go do the work with, with the power. So that's why when you show up on your job in certain places because Christ is in you, demons are on alert. They see you. They know you. They know you. They know who you are. So they're hoping that you don't see them. So again, I say it time and time again, if you haven't held on your job, you haven't held on your home with your kids, with your relationships, etc., you need to speak to those things that are trying to keep you down. You command them to leave. So open your mouth now. I command every demon to leave my life in the name of Jesus. I command every demon that is trying to keep me in bondage to leave in the name of Jesus. You got to open your mouth and say it. And then you speak directly to your situation, whatever that situation situation may be. You speak directly to it. I command you to lose your hold off of my children. I command you to lose your hold off of my finances. In the name of Jesus, I command you to take your hold off of my body. In the name of Jesus, because see what's happening. Some of you, you, you had demons that been hanging around. They been hanging around. They they don't got a bed in your house because you never told them to leave. You have to command them to leave. They know your power and your authority, but you have to open your mouth. That's why I said when you walk in a room, they don't add attention. And that's I, it because the power is so heavy on you. Watch this now. And, I'm, I'm, and, this, and this is not – this is not to do with being a no preacher. This is being a son, a daughter, a king in God's army. He is the king of kings. That means who are those kings, the little kings? You. Like I said, it's not about gender, it, neither male nor female. When he says king, he's talking about his children as a whole. You are a king, meaning that you have authority and power. you are a priest because now you can go to God directly for yourself. so with that being said, you got to walk in, you got to get you got to take your seat you got to take your seat and walk in that power and that authority. so it, so like I said, when you walk in a place because of the power that's coming out of you, the Holy Spirit because we talk about everywhere you go, you should leave you, you should leave the positives of heaven. so when you walk in a place, like I said, because the Holy Spirit is in you. There are folks who were sick that got healed that you may not have known they were sick and got healed, but uh, they might not know how they're they, they giving glory, glory to God for being healed. But because you walked in a place, they may have been feeling down that day because you walked and shifted the atmosphere, it causes those demons to leave. So that's why you look, when you go places, you got to understand that you are on assignment. You, you, you are walking, living authority. You are walking, living power. You are the living manifestation of Jesus Christ on this earth. You got to get this. You got to understand this because, again, if you are hidden in Christ, your life, if we're scriptures, scripture, if we're seated in Christ, okay, we to get to that. So with that being said, you are the living manifestation of Jesus Christ in the earth. How so? Because you have his authority, because you have his power, which is the Holy Spirit living in you. It's not you doing it. It's him doing it through you. But when you say, okay, Lord, I put my will down, I move my will aside, I pick up your will, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done on earth as part of Jesus Jesus taught us the model prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So watch this now. Again, we said it's God's side and Satan's side. There are certain things that don't even get to enter on God's side. Fear, doubt, sickness, pain, et cetera, disease, all that stuff don't even get to come in on God's side. So those are enemies of God. Those are complete enemies of God. So you have power and authority over that. So therefore, because you have power and authority over that, you have to open up your mouth in spiritual warfare and command those things to leave your life. And don't be like, because it don't happen, you're like, if if it don't happen, oh, well, I guess it's God's will. No, no, it's not God's will. That's it. We've got to understand the will of God. He said, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. So then that eliminates, okay him want me to be broke. Okay, I live to him wanting to be sick. That ain't God's will that I be sick. It ain't God's will that I be broke. It ain't God's will that I be worried, stressed out, beat down, worn down, tired, weak. Those are not his will. So therefore, you have to evict anything that's contrary to God's will. And guess what? You have power and authority to evict it. And guess what? God won't evict it until you evict it. You're waiting on God, but God's been waiting on you. Again, I say this almost every other week. God is not about to get off his throne. Why you say he sent us to earth? Do business until I come, until Christ returns. For that matter, he could just came and did it himself. He chose us to, he, he appointed us to do, he anointed us to do it. Now and that means responsibility comes to you now, doesn't it? You say, Lord, please take it away. Lord, please take it away. Lord, so you take it away. You take it away because I gave you the power and I gave you the authority of Jesus Christ. Open your mouth and command whatever is haunting you to leave, whatever is tormenting you to leave, whatever is harming you to leave. In Jesus' name, if you could just get the revelation of how much power lives in you, and I say it time and time again, but it's got to hit you. Resurrection power lives in you. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's scripture. Romans 8, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same Holy Spirit that got Jesus out the grave now is living in you. So why do you think Jesus said to cast out devils, heal the sick? raise the dead why, why do you think he told you to do that because he gave you the power and the authority to do it but we had it wrong because we becoming we are all dependent on god because he's our father but at the same time he's saying as any father as you as if you are a mother a father you know you have any kids any kids or or people youth that you you know mentored etc you understand that there's certain things that you can't do for them you may want to do it for them. You are capable of doing it for them, but they have to do it for themselves. Because if not, they will never grow into the responsible person that they can be. They will never be able to take on more responsibility if you're always doing it for them. So God's is saying, He's just saying it's similar in that in that aspect of saying that, okay, yeah, I could just show up. Because sometimes, you know, God will just show up and do it Himself. But He says, okay, now I see you looking at it, and you asking me to do it, and you praying now you, and then you get mad at me like god like you get mad at me about the situation but i've given you the tools that you needed to handle the situation and so that's where he says again the authority of jesus christ what did jesus say when he, when he was raised from dead all authority all power has been given unto me all power has been given unto me and we're in christ right so of all power has been given unto christ and i'm in christ that means all power has been given unto me but it's not me doing it it's christ doing it. his authority that's why when you say the name of Jesus, demons tremble. And that's why when you begin to command in spiritual warfare for these things to leave, that's when, guess what? The Holy Spirit says, thank you. I've been waiting for that. Now I can do what I've been sitting here to do. It's really that simple. But it's hard to believe it because we've got to be detoxed from church mentality. Church mentality. Yes, can't. we can't do nothing without God. We are nothing without God. It is in him we live. We move and have our being. But he gave us personal responsibility on earth. And then watch this now i'm gonna I'm, I'm hit you with this if some things in your life that you've been waiting for to change that you know are contrary to the will of god if it has not changed and if it does not change that's not on god that's on you personal responsibility because you have the authority of jesus christ you have the power of the holy spirit so they now what's the excuse so that's responsible and we talked with this before about the responsibility the problem is that responsibility piece so so now that puts responsibility on you to actually go and do something, and it's not just about your life. It's about other people's lives. You have the same authority to do it in other people's lives. If anything is contrary to God's will in someone else's life, you have the authority over it because it opposes the will of God. It opposes God. It's an enemy of God. Something to think about. Let's go to number two. Number two, you must have the right mindset for spiritual warfare. Let's go to Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. I got to take off here. Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 5, and it reads, but God, who is rich in mercy… Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places where? In Christ Jesus. You heard all that now. He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You stay alive for them. So, therefore, so that means our identity, as I've been saying all night, our identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. And we rule on earth. He said, Rules, so do have dominion on earth. We rule on earth. Watch this now. Earth is simply your physical office space where you make spiritual business transactions on the behalf of God. I'm going to say that again. Earth is simply your physical office space where you make spiritual business transactions. On behalf of God. and when we said about the authority? What he gave us the authority, that's like the power of eternity. I mean, power of attorney was saying, okay, you're not me, but you can act as though you were me. We have the power and authority, the power of attorney of Christ, the power of attorney. where you can sign your name on a dotted line as though you were him, you're operating on his behalf. You're doing work on his behalf. He's giving you that power of attorney. To do work on his behalf. That's what God is saying. Earth is simply your physical space, office space, where you make spiritual business transactions on behalf of God. You own it. You're working for God. But the beautiful thing about it is you're a child of God. You have an inheritance. And we talked taught this before that our inheritance is God. God is the inheritance. And all things are in God. There's nothing too hard for him. So that means that there's nothing you should lack. You lack nothing in God. There is no pain in God, no sickness in God, no frustration in God, no pain, no no Nothing. Fear, doubt, worry, stress—it's not in God. So we got to get our inheritance and stop getting the inheritance of the world. Stop picking up Satan's inheritance. You know what Satan's inheritance is? Lies, cheating, corrupt, pain, sickness, disease, torture, etc. The list goes on and on. That's Satan's inheritance. <laughs> That's his inheritance. Satan has been trying to get us to accept his inheritance. We're not his children. We're the children of the Most High God. So you got to you got to take, you got to throw that back to Satan and go take your inheritance. Simple as that. Your inheritance. So we're saved by the grace of God and not any good of our own. So we must make sure we stay in our seat of authority. Stay in your seat of authority. That's the authority of Christ. Stay in your seat of authority. You're seated in Christ. Okay? So if you leave your seat, watch this now. If you leave your seat of authority, you're giving demons permission to rule on your behalf. I'm going to say that again. If you leave your seat of authority, you are giving demons permission to rule on your behalf. And I assure you that they will not be attempting to make you look or feel real good about it. So we no longer belong to ourselves. We were literally brought with a price. When well, Jesus died in our place for our sins, so how does God accomplish his will on earth? He does it through you. And the Scripture it says it. Hey, we were raised up together with Christ. Christ was resurrected from the dead, and we were resurrected from our sins. We're connected to Christ. He ascended back to heaven on the right hand of God, Father. And our life is seated with Christ on the right hand of God, the Father. And that's why he is also our advocate. He can intercede to God on our behalf. So you must have a mindset shift. There are demons in your God-given territory that will only leave when you walk in your authority and command them to leave. So it's an honor and a privilege to be able to sit with Christ. And look at the key word. It said together. It was used a total of three times in this passage. And that shows you the importance of our covenant with God through Christ. We're never alone unless we choose to not put on Christ. You are royalty, and it's about time for you to enjoy your reign on earth through the power of Christ in you. You can bring kingdom power to earth. And this is why we must put on Christ, because when you do, wherever you show up, like I said, Christ show up because you're being led by the spirit your kingdom power can be most activated when you're in a place that god has planted you get in alignment through prayer you have the divine right and authority to make any demon leave your life or anyone else's life that you come in contact with so you have to use what god gave you and they talk about it say we see it in heavenly places heavenly places we talked about this before in the past heavenly places are not just in heaven You can't help but to be great because you came from the greatest place, which is heaven. You came from heaven. You came out of God. So we must be born again to be accepted again as children of God. So when you roll out of bed and your feet hit the ground, guess what? That's a heavenly place. When you go to work or to a store, guess what? You're in a heavenly place because the Spirit of Christ is in you. You have Christ's authority, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in you. Therefore, what's happening around you does not determine where you really are because you're in a heavenly place. You have the power to create and change the atmosphere because of the power and authority of Christ in you. So, therefore, you have to speak crop failure to every seed that Satan has sown in your mind in an attempt to get you to think below your seat of authority in Christ. So open up your mouth right now. Say, I speak crop failure to every seed that Satan has sown in my mind in an attempt to get me to think below my seat of authority in Christ. And I speak crop failure to it now in the name of jesus you got to begin to that you got to that that's warfare right there you just engage the enemy you just enter into spiritual warfare right there you just engage the enemy if you said those things you just engage them and guess what what are you afraid of nothing to be afraid of because you ain't coming in your name you're coming in the authority of christ and the power of the holy spirit is going to do the work so you insult the power of the holy spirit in you when you plead with the enemy to stop Please stop. Don't just, 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 leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Just stop. Just leave me alone, please. You insult the Holy Spirit when you plead with the enemy to stop. You don't negotiate with demons. You cast them out. You don't negotiate with demons. You cast them out. I don't have nothing to say, no dear. We don't have no conversation. I'm not negotiating with you. I'm casting you out because I have the authority and the power to do so. Let's go to Luke 17, 20-21. we a little bit over tonight. Luke 17, 20-21. And it says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor would they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So we need our minds to be renewed to think like Christ. We must first realize that the kingdom of God is within us. All the power and authority that we need here on earth to carry out God's will is already in us. However, we must keep tapping into the power source for the power to flow through us. We can relinquish that power and lose full access to it through disobedience, sin, living in sin. Again, why repentance is important. When the Holy Spirit is leading you, you have the ability to think like Christ in any situation. I'm going to say that again. When the Holy Spirit is leading you, you have the ability to think like Christ in any situation. And that will change your entire perspective. So you don't have to look up to the sky because the kingdom of God is already here. You must have the mindset of a warrior in spiritual warfare. Fear should never cross your mind because the only option is victory. The answers are already in you. We just have to unlock it through prayer, word, and relationship with God. Earth is an extension of God's government. What we do here determines if we get back to heaven. So some, some spend their entire life looking for answers in other people. When God has placed them in you all along, but they never bother to ask. And this is, again, why prayer is important before entering warfare, because you need instructions first on how to attack and intel on exactly what's trying to attack you. Prayer unto God must be your go-to resource to unlock what God placed within you. Again, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power. It is a kingdom that is unlike any other kingdom. You are armed and dangerous as a child of God, and it's time to start using your weapons of power against the enemy. It is not enough to just talk about the power. It's time to walk in the power. If you're afraid to fight demons, it means you're in the flesh. There's no power that can overpower the power of the Holy Spirit in you. There is no power that can overpower the power of the Holy Spirit in you. There is no power that can overpower the power of the Holy Spirit that is in you. We have the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. What is power? The ability to perform something. What is authority? The permission or the right granted by God through Jesus Christ to act on the that's in us. So power is the strength to command something. Authority is the right to do it. You may have the power to perform something, but if you have not the authority, you're out of order. So we need the power and the permission in order to carry out God's will. He gives us the power to do it and the right to use his name. So we use the power and the authority to cast out demons. The authority, watch this now, the authority of Christ is like a bench warrant. For their, for, for, for their arrest. And the power is the ability to use the force necessary to pull a demons out when they put up a fight or try to plead their case. So I'm going to say it again. The authority is like a bench warrant for a demon's arrest. You have a bench warrant for every demon that's trying to mess in your life or someone else's life. You have a warrant for their arrest. And the power is the ability to, to use the force necessary to pull every demon out when they try to put up a fight or try to plead their case. So... And they try to plead the case by thinking that they have rights to be there because of this, the bloodline, or because they did this and they did that, et cetera. But you pull them out because you have the authority and the power. So you have the authority because you're a sinner in the name of Jesus Christ. We have the right to be here in our territory. And those demons do not have the right to be here. They are trespassing illegally. We have the power because the Holy Spirit stayed on earth with us and in us. Okay, let's go to our last point. Study the blueprint, Isaiah 55, verses 10 to 11. Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11, and I'm going to break down the five components of the kingdom, and then we're done. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. Isaiah 55, 10 through, and it reads, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper And the thing for which I sent it. The word of God is our blueprint to follow. Christ is also our blueprint. He showed us how to effectively carry out the will of God on earth as a spirit being with a physical body as he was when he was on earth. And so are we. So the Lord made it clear to us that just as the rain and snow comes down and it does not return back from the clouds but waters the earth and produces crops, the same thing applies to the word of God when we speak it. God's words do not return unto him. It accomplishes what God's will and wherever his word is sent. It produces fruit. So you must study God's word so that you can use it for your growth, the growth of others, and in spiritual warfare against the enemy. And when you speak a word, God's word, it will go somewhere and, and take root. So when God's word is sent to you, not only will you prosper, but to whomever or wherever you speak those words will also prosper. So the pressure is now taken off of you. Some things will manifest through your words, and other times it's manifested through your actions. So either way, you cannot afford to be silent because you were sent here to be a light. God sent you to shine a light. So don't always look to fit in. Don't always look to fit in because sometimes the message that God gives you will take people out of their comfort zone. Sometimes the message God gives you may take people out of their comfort zone. And here's a reminder of how God's government is set up. Then I'm going to show you how Satan's government is set up. God's government is set up. We have a king. There's five key components that make up God's government, a king, we know that's God, a kingdom of territory, that's heaven and earth, first, second, and third heaven, we know that first heaven is where we, you know, the earth where we dwell. The second heaven, uh, it's like the cosmos, that's where the, uh, you know, a lot of, all the spiritual activity takes place, and the third heaven is where God's actual throne is, okay? The third, number three, inhabitants, the inhabitants of God's government are angels, those that are in heaven, those departed spirits in heaven, and angels, and then humans. Those are the inhabitants of God's government. Number four is the rules and constitution. What are the rules and constitution of God's government? The Word of God. It's also the type of food in God's government. This is what we feed our spirit with. The fifth one is the language. The language of God's government is prayer. Prayer is also our currency of God's government, and another which we which we feed our spirit. And it's also the war cry in battle. Now, now let's talk about Satan's government. We got to understand Satan's government. Again, everything God creates, what happens? Satan tries to duplicate. So. Uh, there are five key components that make up Satan's government. There's a the king, Satan. At least he feels he's the king. Uh, number two, a king with territory. What's his territory? Hell and a territory that he stole from Christians. And then he also has a spiritual world under the sea and the air on the land, his spiritual kingdom, et cetera. Then you have, number three, inhabitants. What are the inhabitants of Satan's government? You have demons. You have the souls that are already in hell. And you have human agents who work for him. Okay? Uh, number four. Rules and constitution. What are the rules and constitution of Satan's government? It's the doctrine of devils because it's not God's doctrine. It's the scripture talks about the doctrine of devils. So uh, it's the doctrine of devils, uh, Whereas we have the word of God. Satan has the doctrine of devils. What else? He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. It's also the type of food in Satan's government. They love human blood or blood sacrifices unto them. Then number five is language. What is the language of Satan's government? It's idol worship, worshiping anything outside of God through Christ. So demonic worship is also the currency of Satan's government, as is how demonic transactions are made, and for non-Christians who intentionally invite demons in to possess them as a part of their worship. In this government, demons can also print their own money or give money to those who are employed in this system. So we see God's government, we see Satan's government, and guess what? It doesn't matter what's all in Satan's government, because our government, the government of God, is greater, and the the authority of Christ is in you, the power of the Holy Spirit is in you, so again, the works of the enemy— Cannot stop us. We are more powerful than Satan. Period. All right? Okay. So, again, the three points just for your recap three principles when preparing for spiritual warfare. You must be dressed for spiritual warfare. Number two, you must have the right mindset for spiritual warfare. And number three, you must study the blueprint. Again, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This is something that you must constantly listen to. you got to rehearse because, again, it's got to break some of that tradition out of your mind. It's got to break some of that church mindset. We're not church, we're kingdom. You can't have a church mindset because church is caught up in a lot of legalism. Some things that old stuff that the church in itself is holding on to, and God is saying, "No, we're kingdom, we're kingdom. We are the church. Yes, the church does have the power through the power, the power of the Holy Spirit and authority of Christ. But sometimes we get stuck in old stuff, and this is this is the word. So we need to apply the word and knowing that you already have everything that you need. It's important that we got all this groundwork covered. Uh, so I'll close out in prayer. Father God, we come now, giving you glory, giving you honor, giving you praise. Thank you, O God, for the word that went forth on this night, O God. We thank you, O God, for each and everyone who's listening under the sound of our voice, O God. We thank you, O God, for reminding us, O God, about our power and reminding us, O God, about... Our authority, oh God, remind us that we need to be dressed for spiritual warfare, remind us that we have the right, have, need to have the right mindset and to study through blue blueprint. We declare, oh God, in images that this word shall go uh, in our hearts, oh God, and that it shall be in us, oh God, and we shall apply it to our very lives, O oh God. And we come up against the hand of the enemy that will try to snatch it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God, we thank you, O oh God, for each and every one under the sound of my voice, O oh God. I thank you for what you've called them to, O oh God, who you called them to be, O oh God. Now, they shall be just that I declare and decree that they shall be the men and women of God you've called them to be, that they shall carry out your will in their lives, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, O God, and I declare, O God, that the spirit of peace shall continue to rest upon them, Oh God. The Holy Spirit, continue to lead them and guide them, empower them in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the spirit of fear, the spirit of doubt, that second-guessing and thinking that we're not equipped, thinking we're not qualified, for we are qualified, we're all called, we are able because the Holy Spirit lives in us, and we have the authority of Jesus Christ, so we thank you. We bless your name. We glorify your name now, oh God. And Holy Spirit, we ask you now to disturb the gifts on the inside of each and everyone on this call, O God. We thank you. We bless your name, oh God, and we thank you for the praise report that shall come in, oh God, in the lives of these your people, oh God. We bless your name. We glorify your name now. These no blessed, we ask in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. So again, go out there into wherever God is sending you. Exercise your power and your authority in your life going forward. Again, remember that you are the breath of God and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.